If I was born in September 1986, and today is April 2020, how old am I? Alright, hopefully you're pretty good at math. I'm 33. Episode 33, here we go. Hello everybody, this is Kaylin Chenoweth, and welcome to Starting Sustainability. It has been a while since my last recording, but a lot has been going on. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, she said with extreme sarcasm, but there's a coronavirus going on around the world that has pretty much made everybody's everyday life completely flip upside down, and I am one of them as well. Life has been interesting living in quarantine. At first, I was an essential employee, so I still had to go to work for the first week. And then things changed because we were in food service. (laughs) And so now I'm working from home, which is great, fine and dandy. But I still have a toddler, and and now I'm 38 weeks pregnant. And I have ridiculous back and hip pain. I don't know if it's sciatic or what, but I'm doing all of the stretches. I am still going to the chiropractor. And I'm still going to my OB appointments. I'm doing stretches and heating pads and ice packs. I'm doing magnesium salt soaks. I'm doing whatever I can to get this pain under control. And none of it is working is what it feels like. It's just getting worse day by day. To the point where normally I go upstairs to record the podcast in a sound-reduced room. And I am actually downstairs sitting at the desk recording this podcast right now. Because the thought of going up the stairs makes me cry. (laughs) Because every morning I pretty much cry every time I have to go up and down the stairs. Or even pick up my son, who I love very much. But just lifting him causes so much pain in my back and hips. Hopefully this baby comes early because then I will get rid of this pain. And then I can be a mom again. Anyways, at first when I started working from home, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get so much stuff done. Because I'll get to work from home in between conference calls. I can do the laundry. I can do the dishes. I can work ahead on my podcast. I'm going to get this clean and that clean. I'm going to get so organized. And then, of course, I got hit with all this back pain. So that came to a halt. And the reality is I'm still not able to get all the other stuff done. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm still not able to do house chores and work. I, I apparently am not a good multitasker. I've had to basically create a schedule of... From this time to that time I work and I'm still in a hodgepodge of chaos trying to get household chores and family time and everything else put together just like I was when I was working at work instead of at home. I'm sure everybody is experiencing a whole different realm of life and can totally relate. So for this week, because nobody has gotten enough information about the coronavirus, I thought I would chime in on my two cents about being sustainable during the coronavirus. So on the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability, if you have not joined, please feel free to send a request. I'll approve you right away. I did ask, hey, what are some sustainable things that you're doing now that you're in quarantine and you're at home? And there really wasn't a lot of response. In fact, there were some comments about, well, sustainability's come to a halt because we are trapped at home. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, no, we got to change the mindset on this and have a positive outlook towards being quarantined at home. There's still a lot of stuff that you can do to be sustainable. And so that's what we're going to talk about during this episode. I have assembled a list of 10 ways that you can be sustainable 
while you are in quarantine because of this coronavirus pandemic. Number one, you are staying at home, which means you have reduced your driving. You are saving money on gas and you are reducing pollution. So good for you. Hats off. Number two, now is a great time to be resourceful. You're going to have to use what you have on hand in order to avoid going to the store. So if you need gloves for something and you don't have latex gloves, now is a great time to use the plastic sacks, the grocery store sacks, or the last of your Ziploc bags, the plastic ones that are disposable. You can use those, use those up. If you have any leftover fabric anywhere, then you can make fabric masks. There is a big debate on whether the masks are good or effective or not. First of all, something is better than nothing in regards to face masks. And second, if you are making masks to send them to the hospital setting, the hospitals will have the special N95 mask that stops the virus. It's like 95% effective in stopping the virus. The problem is, is that they're running really low on supplies, and so the, those are designed to be disposable. You wear them, and then you change them. And the ruling used to be, you would wear the mask every time you saw a new patient, you would have to change the mask. And now it's gotten down to, you wear the same mask all day, and in the hospital world, that's a 12-hour shift. And now you get to wear the same mask day after day. You have to keep that mask and wear it day after day. So the virus is just collecting on the outside of that mask. That is not safe. They're encouraging nurses and doctors and hospital staff and, and anybody who's in an unsafe situation because they are a healthcare worker, wear the mask and then put a fabric mask on top. And that would protect, that would be the extra layer to kind of catch the virus. Then you can remove the fabric mask and wash that and put a new fabric mask on top of the original N95 disposable mask. It's a shame that we have gotten to this point in our healthcare world but this is what we can do to help. So if you have extra fabric, you can use that to make the masks. That's my little soapbox on the mask. But the point is be resourceful. Before you make a trip to the store to go get something, look around your house, what do you have? What can you use as a substitute to get you by to avoid having to go out and about in public into the store? Number three, if you are one of the unfortunate souls who's out of toilet paper, now is your chance to use a bidet sprayer. Woohoo! If you already have one, <laughs> if you don't have one, you might have to order one off of Amazon or a website or get creative. Again, we're being resourceful. If anybody has ever had a child, like given birth, then you'll know they give you the water bottle that you squeeze to clean yourself because you have stitches and stuff down there and you got to keep it clean. That is now an effective bidet sprayer. So hopefully you still have one from the hospital. And if not, you can easily create a squeeze bottle and just use that to kind of rinse yourself off after you go to the bathroom. And then if you're out of toilet paper, now you just use cloth. Remember, back to number two, be resourceful. Cloth, fabric, an old towel that you cut up, an old sheet that you cut up, and you use that to pat yourself dry. That's what you can do in a pinch if you don't have any toilet paper. My husband has used a sock once because he didn't have any toilet paper. He'll be so mad if, I, if he finds out that I shared that story, but luckily he doesn't listen to this. And that actually had nothing to do with the coronavirus. That was probably over two years ago when he was in that situation. But I, I won't tell the whole story because I don't want to embarrass him too much. Number four, do you have kids? You need to keep them entertained? Let's get crafty. Unfortunately, places like Hobby Lobby and other craft stores are closed at this time. 
but that's okay because they really sold a lot of craft kits that were very limited in supplies and very wasteful. So now is a great time to look around and utilize what you have. And if you're not that creative, there is Pinterest and Google and internet available. So check out those ideas for crafts, games, activities. Now is the time. And if you're like, well, we still don't know what to do, then take the time now to start planning for birthday and Christmas gifts for your loved ones for the next year and have your kids make cards or gifts or something. Number five, if you have a toddler, now is an excellent time to start potty training because you're able to pay attention to your kid all day long. <laughs> so now it's really, really good time. Potty training's great because now you're gonna reduce the disposable diapers. Or if your household uses cloth diapers like we do, there's a significant reduction in the amount of cloth diapers, which means less laundry, less stuffing and folding, which is also wonderful. The good news is the weather is getting nicer outside. So for number six, I put that you can start gardening or even completing other house projects that would still have a sustainable result. Number seven, I know many, many people who are taking the time now to declutter. They're going through the minimalism phase and they're decluttering their house and they're just getting rid of stuff. So my sustainable approach to that is create three different piles. Create the keep pile, then a donate slash swap party pile. You can also take this time to organize a swap party for when this is done and get rid of some of your stuff. And then the third pile is trash, but I'm now going to challenge you to take your trash pile and even divide that up into piles of what can be recycled, what can be reused, what can be repaired, what can be repurposed, and anything else left over now becomes your craft pile for your kids to find something to do with that. Number eight is increasing your sustainable activities. This is mostly going to be nature time. You can go for hikes, you can go fishing, obviously practicing social distancing, but it's a really nice way to increase sustainable stuff, mostly because all of the non-sustainable activities have all been shut down at this point. So let's take a positive look towards how we can be one with nature at this moment in time. And number nine is if you're staying at home all day, every day, let's be real. You're probably not putting on the makeup, probably not showering as often, and you're definitely wearing pajamas all day long. And these are all great and sustainable because you're using less stuff, you're saving on water, and you're doing less laundry. Again, you're saving on water and allowing for more valuable time with your family. I'm gonna switch gears to my nutrition, dietitian lifestyle real quick. If you are concerned that wearing pajamas all day long will encourage you to over snack and overeat and gain a bunch of weight, then my tip for you is to wear a bikini all day long. <laughs> and number 10, this is the last one. It is definitely hard to find meat at the grocery store. I know my husband is very, very paranoid about this. We do still have meat, but he is very concerned that at some point we're going to run out of meat. Now is a great time to practice meatless meals. And if you have a husband like mine who is quite the carnivore, he is not about that. <laughs> but you can stretch out your meat. So here are tips for what we call meat extenders. So you can still have meat at the meal, but we're gonna add this other stuff to it that's going to extend the meat. I got all this information from Food and Nutrition Magazine. 
as a registered dietitian, I do get this magazine sent to me six times a year. It's a bi-monthly magazine, and it's great, excellent information produced by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So it's it's a credible magazine. I hate that it's even called a magazine because it makes it sound not nearly as credible, but it's it's good, I promise. <laughs> it's full of knowledge. Anyways, so all of this is coming from an article that I found within the magazine. I could take the time to rewrite it and do research, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm just telling you up front so I don't get in trouble for plagiarism. All this is coming straight from this magazine, and it is Volume 9, Issue 1. But these are the meat extenders, and the first one is mushrooms. You can add chopped mushrooms to meat to increase a dish's B vitamins, selenium, and dietary fiber. Mushrooms add an umami characteristic, often described as a meatiness to the dish. Unfortunately, there's no exact recipe for blending, but basically mushrooms will cook similar to meat. So you just chop up fresh mushrooms and mix it with raw ground meat. Or you can saute or roast the mushrooms first to enhance the flavor. Basically, you're just roughly chopping the mushrooms with a knife, or you can use a food processor until they look like ground meat, and you just mix it in with the ground meat and it's just going to extend the volume of the ground meat. The second meat extender is lentils. These are similar in color and texture to crumbled cooked ground meat and are a good source of protein, fiber, iron, and folate. So you're going to add cooked brown lentils in a ratio of 3 to 1 or 2 to 1 to raw ground meat. And lentils cook very quickly, like 15 minutes. They're very, very fast. If your lentils are pureed or pulsed in a food processor, then they act as a binder to keep burgers and meatballs from crumbling, and they can even replace egg or breadcrumbs as binders. The third one is beans. You can have the raw beans that you cook, or you can use canned beans. Either ones will still be fine. Cooked or canned beans are more noticeable in a final dish than lentils. However, mashed beans act like pureed lentils as a binder and mashed pinto or black beans are barely noticeable in ground beef. Lighter colored mashed garbanzo or great northern beans meld into ground chicken or turkey. Number four is prunes. <laughs> and I was surprised by this because I've done the first three. I've done mushrooms, lentils, and beans, and I've added them in with meat, but I've never done it with prunes. <laughs> so this one was kind of interesting for me, so I want to share it with you. Prunes help lock moisture into meat because of the ideal combination of sorbitol and fiber. Sorbitol attracts moisture and fiber helps absorb it. A little can go a long way, so use just two to three prunes in a pound of raw meat. Soak prunes in hot water for five minutes, drain, and then puree. When they are cool, mix prunes into raw meat. Adding a few more tablespoons of, of prune puree can help with browning, and a half a cup of chopped prunes can add bulk and extra flavor to a pound of raw meat. Now, prunes are really sweet, so I'm not sure about the flavor profile, but it is really cool to realize that they help with the moisture, so it's going to give you a much more juicier texture to whatever meat dish you are cooking. Number five is whole grains and seeds. So adding oats, bulgur, quinoa, and chia seeds can add volume to nutrients to meat. And you definitely can't go wrong with one cup cooked bulgur or quinoa per pound of raw meat. That's the best way to do it. And that might sound weird, adding whole grain to meat, but if anybody's ever had meatloaf, I know my mom, when she makes it, she'll put oatmeal in the meatloaf. Some people just do breadcrumbs. It's basically another form of a breadcrumb. It's just the, a whole grain version. 
The last item is a textured soy protein, and this is also known as TVP, or textured vegetable protein. This is a very good product. I have tried this before. <laughs> it sounds gross, but it's very tasty. Basically, it is a single ingredient product made from soybeans. The soybean oil is removed and the resulting flour is a complete protein. It's cooked under pressure and dried into crumbles like breadcrumbs. And that's how you get it. You're going to get it in that dried state. Then you will follow the package directions and you'll rehydrate it. And once rehydrated, this meat extender has a similar appearance and texture to ground meat. It truly does. The textured soy protein is almost flavorless and absorbs the spices or sauces, sauces, almost flavorless and absorbs the spices or sauces to which it is added, blending easily with ground meat and chili or pasta sauce. To avoid oversaturation, rehydrate textured soy protein separately before adding it to cooked ground meat in any ratio. And I have had the TVP. The brand that I had was Bragg's, B-R-A-G-G-S. Mm, you might be able to find it at your regular grocery store. We got ours at like a natural grocery store. Going to have to kind of go a little bit more exotic route to find it. But basically it's just that. It's little crumbles and you rehydrate them and cook them and it looks exactly like ground meat like you would in a spaghetti and that's how I had it. Is that it was mine was actually completely TVP. It wasn't even mixed with meat. It was completely TVP and it was in the form of spaghetti. Like it was we had the noodles and the sauce and it was it looked and it tasted and it felt just like ground beef. It's a very good product. So these are all the different meat extenders that you can try adding into your dishes, especially if meat is scarce in your household or scarce in your grocery stores. These are other ways to get protein in and kind of trick <laughs> your family members. I shouldn't say that. Be sneaky about it to your family members. That way they don't complain because I know my husband would probably eat it not realizing it, but the moment that he found out, the moment that he finds out that it wasn't 100% meat, he would kind of throw a hissy fit. <laughs> but I love him dearly. So anyways, that's pretty much a wrap on all of the sustainable focusing items that I could think of for the coronavirus. I forgot to tell you what's going on in our world. I mean, I told you a little bit, but I meant sustainability wise. Our doggy Dooley, the winter weather, the harsh winter weather is gone. It's still a little chilly outside, but because it has warmed up enough that the ground is no longer frozen. My husband was so kind because my back and hips are in such great pain. So he went out and dug a hole to put the doggy dually, which is the composting. For those of you who don't know about the doggy dually, it's a dog poop compost bin. So you put it, you bury it in your yard with a little lid and then every time your dog poops you put the poop in there and it will compost the poop and so now you have a cleaner yard that doesn't smell like dog poop you can let your kids run around you don't have to worry about it and it's all getting decomposed it's all getting composted over in the corner of the yard or wherever you put it so we figured out where to put it we dug a hole we got halfway <laughs> it's a deep hole we got halfway through and then there were wires or cables or something and of course, we had no idea what the heck they went to, so that got put on hold. Oh, and the other crazy thing that happened this week is I had to complete my prepare visit. For those of you who don't know, 
when you are getting ready to have a baby, you do a prepare visit, which means you call and have an, a, normally you go into the hospital, but now it's just a call because they don't want people coming into the hospital during the middle of the pandemic. And you're basically giving them all the information, like your insurance information, what your wishes are in regards to epidurals and circumcisions and pain management and all of that stuff. But basically the rules are different now and only one visitor is allowed, which I'm thankful for that because there are other hospitals in the area that aren't allowing any visitors at all. So at least my husband will be able to come in with me. But once you are there, you cannot leave. So when my son was born, we went there and then my husband would come home every day and check on the animals and pick up anything that we forgot, like extra clothes or whatever the case may be. But now it's once you're there, you're, you're there and you cannot leave. If he leaves because we forgot something, he will not be allowed back in. Which is a little scary because we forget stuff all the time. And you're definitely forgetting stuff when you're having contractions and you're in pain. So we have hospital bags packed for me and my husband. We have a sitter who will watch our son for a few days because we won't be able to bring our son with us. It's, we've got someone on guard to come and take care of the animals while we're out because we won't be able to come and take care of them. So it's just, it's pain in the butt, but I understand. It's, it's a safety issue. I get that. The good news is I am currently one and a half centimeters dilated. So hopefully this kid will be coming out early. That would be really, really nice. Only two weeks left unless this kid comes early. And according to the app on my phone, the baby is the size of a ukulele this week. <laughs> so just wanted to end on a positive note. <clears throat> I hope that everybody has a wonderful rest of your week. We have about two more weeks until Easter if you celebrate that holiday. Hopefully you're able to come up with something to help celebrate with your family, whether it's all on video chat or whatever. Everybody stay positive, stay healthy, and of course, stay sustainable. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.